Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. Gospel according to Matthew chapter 9 and 10. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. He had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, Cast out demons. You receive without payment, give without payment. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. So I'm going to begin where the first lesson from Romans ended, where it says that Jesus died at the right time for the ungodly, for the sinners. So, It doesn't say how bad a sinner you can be, and Jesus still died for you. You can be sort of a moderate sinner. Um, You can be a very light sinner. You can be an egregious sinner. Okay? So if you don't remember anything else, I think you will, but if you don't remember anything else, remember that. On the cross, Jesus died for all sinners, for everybody. A whole? A whole. Okay. All right. So to the gospel, Jesus sends the disciples out. And Matthew summarizes at this end of the, this section of the gospel, he summarizes um, what Jesus has been about. It's not everything, but it captures quite a bit. So they go to towns and to villages. They go to Milwaukee and they go to Stockville. They go, and everywhere they go, Jesus and the disciples... They bring the good news of the kingdom of heaven. They bring healing. They teach peace. And they foster community. Because that's what Jesus and the disciples, that core group, that's what they had had become, what they were becoming, and what they continue to become. And really, when you think about it, even when Jesus ascended to heaven, then Pentecost came, And that community that started with Jesus and the disciples has grown and grown and grown and now includes us. Right? Yeah? Okay. 
So disciples, we are disciples in that same community. So that's what Jesus was about. And so Jesus sent his disciples out to do the same thing. Same message, same actions, and develop community. So, I think it's, oh no, next thing I want to say is, it's Father's Day. Okay? So, fathers fulfill some of, the, some of those same responsibilities and roles as the disciples. Passing on the faith, teaching how to be healers, to do healing, teaching the Word of God. That's the role of parents. And today, mothers, you had your day in May. Today is Father's Day. Okay? Now, in the Bible, we can see that there were lots of times when that worked. And the Bible taught, you know, this is one of the commandments. Honor your father and your mother, which means fathers and mothers teach your children how to live. That didn't always work out the way it was supposed to happen. We know that from the, many of the kings of Israel, where it says the son learned how to be even worse than the father was, and even more evil. But that's the plan. That's the way God set it up, is that parents teach their children, they teach their children, and so on, and so the faith is passed on. So then, obviously, an institution or an approach to society <clears throat> that absolutely cuts off fathers and mothers from each other or from their children is sin. It's the opposite of what the Bible teaches, and that's sin. And that's where we get to Juneteenth, obviously, because the slavery of Africans in the United States did exactly that. Men, women, children were treated as property, as cattle, as a financial investment without any regard for their relationships within the family. So Juneteenth, as you probably, it's become more known. I didn't know about it growing up. I knew about slavery, I knew about the Civil War, I knew about Lincoln, about the Emancipation Proclamation. But I, reading up a little bit more about it, so even when the Emancipation Proclamation happened on January 1st in 83, that news was withheld, especially in Texas, so that it wasn't until June 19th of 1918, did I say 1983? I meant 1880, you know what I meant. Um, in 1885, that that news finally reached Texas in Galveston through a Union general who proclaimed the freedom. So, and it's an example that we see in Scripture and down through history of people in power, people in power, using their power to maintain their power rather than doing what's right, doing what's that, and presenting the liberating voice of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, didn't know if any kids would come. Okay? So, anybody play baseball growing up? 
Okay? You recognize this from antiquity? <laughs> this is a catcher's mitt. They don't look much like this anymore, but that's what this was, a catcher's mitt. And, of course, being 100% German, <laughs> I still have it. <laughs> so, the re <clears throat> my dad, who's a one, just a brilliant man, he was a professor at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. He was the dean of students, which many not only taught, but he counseled and nurtured and mentored all those men, his only men, still his only men in the Missouri Senate, all those men through their seminary. And believe me, from the emergency phone calls we used to get at home, whoop, um, I won't do that again. Um, those, those young men, and they were all young men because that's, it was a system, they, they had their challenges. Oh, so and they would call my dad at home and need to talk. Anyway, very distinguished man, PhD in psychology from Northwestern University, um, and uh, very distinguished, uh, very urbane, very, very knowledgeable, um, very educated, and brilliant. Also one of the worst athletes I've ever seen, okay? Oh, you're, you're seeing his golf swing was exactly how not to do it. But, it, so, but he loved me, um, and he was a great dad, great dad. Um, but he was no help when it came to baseball. So he did two things. He connected me to the basketball coach at the seminary, Coach Pete. So he became... Hmm, hard for me to talk about Pete without doing this. So he became sort of my dad for sports, if that makes sense. Okay. So, and baseball, of course, was a big thing. I grew up in St. Louis, outside of St. Louis, um, home of the Cardinals. Yes, I know. Beat the Brewers in 1982. I know the umpire blew a call in the second game. I've heard all about it. Um, my wife and I actually got married during the, during the fourth game of the World Series, and one of the guys that stood up with me gave us an update on the score and when they came up to give us a blessing. Anyway, so I became, in, when I was in second grade, I became the catcher. Okay? And the reason I became the catcher is because, just like I am now, I was fairly portly, chubby, we called it back then, and the baseball coach thought, well, if I didn't catch it, it might hit me and stop. Okay? So, but as it happened, <clears throat> I turned out to be fairly good at catching. Could throw people out trying to steal second and third and so forth. Okay? So, uh, um, as the years went by, and a lot of the guys dropped off because they were interested in other things. I stuck with it. And so I went back and forth from the little, from, it was Corey League in St. Louis, but from the Little League baseball field, which was too far away for me to ride my bike. Not too far away, but there's a big, big hill going down to the fields. We're right in the Merrimack River Valley. Okay? And so there's a big, big hill. And that, was that would have been dangerous for me to ride my bike down and very difficult to ride back up. Okay. So, um, my mom would usually get me there, but to get home, I would always get a ride with Mr. Williams. 
He had his Volkswagen Beetle and his son Andre, great athlete. He, he wasn't one of our better baseball players, but I think he was all state in wrestling. Just a phenomenal athlete, probably did track as well. But anyway, <clears throat> my mom and dad arranged for Mr. Williams to drive me home. And so, um, and then I had paid attention in church. And so I'd, I knew that the Bible said that God created everybody in his image. And that um, pe people from everywhere were there at Pentecost. And so, as a little kid, I couldn't figure out why in Alabama they were putting fire hoses and German shepherds on black people for being black. And we learned at the Lutheran grade school that I went to that voting was very important. That was part of being a good Christian was to be a good citizen. And you should make sure and be knowledgeable, and you should make sure and vote. So I couldn't figure out why they would try to keep people from voting and even be so vicious as to send fire hoses and send people caterwauling and kids and send German shepherds on them. So that would have been in the 1960s. So that would have been more than 100 years after Juneteenth, after the Civil War. And then after the Civil War came lynching, it came, came Jim Crow. And so the good news of liberation, which is Jesus, the good news of liberation, had all those years, even centuries, to get through to people. And here they are doing fire hoses and German shepherds. I couldn't figure it out. You'd think, you'd think that people would learn. And it, I'm sure it's getting better. But I wore this t-shirt because this happened in Cedarburg. Right over there. Right over that way. That's where, um, oh, me and Names, a wonderful musician that, when Mary's not here. That's where she lives, I think. Trinity, yeah. <clears throat> so there's a student there, a young woman. It's Pastor John Norquist that mainly told me about this from Faith Lutheran Church. And this young woman, I think was in middle school, might have been high school. And she's either black or mixed. But, um, and I'm not sure about that detail. Um, and, and she started, she started experiencing other schoolmates using the N-word, dropping the N-word on her when she was around. And so her mom went to the, to the school, to the, the principal and so forth, and said, this isn't right. You've got to do something about it. And it kept happening. And so some of this young woman's classmates rallied around her. Presumably they had heard from scripture as well. And so they did a mural. And this is a mural that they did, which depicts people from all over the world and flags from all over the world, men and women, 
all kinds of people, and they painted it on the wall as a witness. And as, as a loving support for this young woman. Isn't that awesome? And the school board, the people with power, painted over it. And so they did these t-shirts. So, what was happening in Bible time, happening on Juneteenth of, 19, of 19, I did it again, of 1885, is still going on. Jesus sends us out as disciples to do the opposite. To stand up not for power, not for sin, not for hate, not for violence, but to stand up for healing, the good news of the gospel, and for community. I'm almost done. There's a need for everybody, and there's a role for everybody to do it. We're blessed to be part of the Greater Milwaukee Synod. Hephatha Lutheran Church at 18th and Locust in Milwaukee, Pastor Mary Martha Canis, who is a saint, they are in the forefront of lead pipe remediation. And they're known around the country for their work. Cross Lutheran Church, 16th and Walnut, they do so many things I couldn't, that'd be, take me a long time to tell you, but among other things is they started Project Return which works with people that are coming out of prison. Because, you know, once you've been in, and if you're black, you're much more likely to get in than if you're white. That's just the reality. In fact, I've, been out, I've served in ch churches out this way, and churches in Milwaukee and Chicago and Evansville, and I've seen myself how young men that do the exact same thing here well, they'll figure it out. They'll get better. Let's give them some counseling. If you're black and in Milwaukee, you get stuck. And boy, once you get in that system. Anyway, there's so much to do. Disciples of Jesus Christ. So much that we can do. So much that needs to be done. And it's hard work. And it brings along with it suffering and sorrow. But Paul says suffering produces character and character, I think I'm leaving one out, but anyway, character, endurance, and then hope, right? What a great name for a church, by the way. Living hope, yeah. And Paul says, and hope does not disappoint us. So get out there and get it done. Amen. I mean, a hope. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaukee County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.